Now, a lot of times we have a temptation when we read scripture like this to go, well, you know, let me let me kind of soften that blow a little bit. Maybe maybe Jesus didn't really mean it kind of that harshly. We can't do that. All right, well, today we are continuing in our series about what it really means to be a genuine follower of Jesus. And uh, we're going to be looking at, you know, who Jesus really is. And by knowing who he really is, then learning what a follower of him really looks like, right? We're going to be learning about things like, what does Jesus really expect? What does he tolerate? Uh, What is he motivated by, right? What are the things that he pays attention to? And I think we're going to find throughout this series that you know, Jesus doesn't really meet our expectations. And, and in fact, he doesn't even seem interested in meeting our expectations. But my hope is that you and I instead would learn and understand his expectations in order to live those things out in our life and be blessed by his life and his love in our, in our lives, right? So, I've been married about 16 years, and uh, I've learned a lot over that time. Uh, and you know, one of the things about marriage is that there are certain expectations that my wife has, right? And they're very normal and reasonable expectations. And one of those expectations in, our, in her relationship with me is that she's not going to have to share my time, my attention, or her place in my heart with another woman, right? That's almost kind of built into the idea of being married, that idea of exclusivity and priority to our relationship. So Andrea, I think you guys can all safely guess and you'd be right, would never tolerate sharing the place in my life that really belongs to her with anyone else, right? Certainly not another woman. That's for sure. And we can all kind of understand this because uh, this same principle plays out in a lot of our relationships, right? So, for example, if you have a child or you have children, right? Um, one of the expectations you have is that your children don't call other people mom and dad. And in fact, if, you're, if your children were calling somebody else mom or dad, uh, that would be offensive to you more than likely, right? Because that's a title that belongs to you. It's a place that you exclusively hold in their life, right? Or, uh, you know, how comfortable or fine would you be with recognition that really belongs to you going to somebody else who hasn't earned it, especially in your relationships, right? Or if you were dating somebody, uh, how would you feel if the person that you were dating was totally good with being in relationship with you and dating you and, you know, they even told you regularly how much they loved you? But, you know, they kind of wanted to keep it private. They're like, you know, we don't really need to tell other people this. So let's not call each other, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't want to be called your, I don't want to be called your boyfriend or your girlfriend. That would be offensive to you, right? Because also, as part of close intimate relationships, there's actually an expectation that's pretty normal. Like there's a public acknowledgement of that relationship. And when it's being kept hidden in private, it's kind of insulting, right? So we have these same kinds of expectations in all kinds of relationship, right? Uh, ex- uh, expectations of exclusivity, uh, priority, credit, 
uh, and an expectation that that person will be publicly proud of our relationship and not want to keep it hidden. And, you know, these expectations really are not bad. They're pretty normal. And we see that Jesus has these same kinds of expectations uh, of our relationship with him. Uh, let's look here at Matthew chapter 10. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus is talking about exactly this kind of thing. And he starts here in verse 32 and says, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So it's really clear here that Jesus is not going to tolerate competition in our life. He expects to be number one, right? He clearly has this expectation that he is going to be number one in our life and that our devotion to him and our prioritization of him in our life is public and apparent to the people that's around us. And he even seems to understand this is going to cause some tension in our relationships. It might even cause some division in our other relationships. And Jesus even goes as far as to expect that we will pay that price of relationship without question. So the language here really is unmistakable. He will not accept any position in our life other than number one. Now, this can seem kind of hard to swallow when you think about it, right? Like, why is Jesus got to be this way? You know, I think one of the things we need to recognize is the thing that Jesus already knows. That is that our relationship with him is the absolute most important relationship we will ever have. No one is who Jesus is. Nobody is like him. No one can do for us what he can do for us. And no one deserves our love and our devotion more than he deserves it. And so Jesus here is being very blunt and saying, listen, I don't tolerate and I will never tolerate being second place in your life. I will never tolerate being in competition with the other relationships that you have. And if you're not ready to pay that price and put me first in your life, then you're not worthy to be my follower. Now, a lot of times we have a temptation when we read scripture like this to go, well, you know, let me, let me kind of soften that blow a little bit. Maybe, maybe Jesus didn't really mean it kind of that harshly. 
We can't do that. All right? We can't do that. Jesus is God. He doesn't make mistakes with the words that he chooses. He means exactly what we just read. And so we've got to do something with that. And so maybe you're hearing me and you're going, all right, hey, pastor, I'm with you. I, you know, I can see I really do need to prioritize Jesus in my life in a way that, I, that I'm not currently. And you might be asking, well, what do I do? Okay, well, I'm going to give you two things today. We'll really encourage you to just do practically in your life in order to prioritize Jesus and stop putting him in a place of competition with your other relationships and the other things going on in your day. Uh, first one is this. Just simply prioritize time with Jesus in your schedule rather than giving him your calendar leftovers. Like seriously, when writing out your schedule, you're like, what's going on today? Your prayer and your devotional time needs to come at the front. And then you build other things around it. And you know, so often the problem that we have, uh, you know, like you might look back on your week or your month or your year and you'll go, oh man, I've like spent no time praying. I haven't spent any time in God's word. I haven't spent any time in personal uh, time of worship or just uh, uh, time in the Lord's presence. Um, well, you know, I'm just so busy. There's so many things going on. Look, I'm just going to be really blunt with you. If that's what you're saying, oh, I'm just so busy. I really have things, other things going on then the reality is that you are not prioritizing Jesus. You're letting him be in competition in your life. And those other things are winging the competition. And we just have to go back to the scripture here and just say, listen, the hard reality is that Jesus will not put up with that. And he shouldn't put up with that. So, when you're planning out your day, however it is that you do that, you use a calendar, using agenda scheduler, whatever you do, you do it all in your head, whatever. Jesus needs to be moved to the first step of your planning process, right? Don't give him the leftovers of your calendar. Plan the rest of your calendar around your time with him. And then the second thing I really encourage you to do is live your relationship with Jesus visibly and publicly. Okay, The Christian walk is not meant to be a personal, private thing uh, exclusively, for sure. It's meant to be very public, right? Like the people around you should have no question that Jesus is number one in your life. And there's all kinds of ways that you can live your life for Jesus in a public and visible way. But it needs to be public. If you find yourself going, you know what? I probably work with a lot of people who don't really know that I follow Jesus. Okay, <laughs> well, that needs to change. They should know, and they should see it in the way that you make decisions. They should see it in the way that you treat them and treat other people, and the way that they should see it in the way that you spend your time. Okay, and they should hear it from you too. Don't ever neglect to just be obvious and say, I love Jesus, and he's the priority in my life. So prioritize time with Jesus in your schedule and live your relationship with him in a visible and public way to the people around you. Okay, those are two things that you can begin to work on this week. All right, got uh, some questions for you to uh, just discuss. You know, if you're listening to this by yourself, maybe you can bring up these questions in conversation later this week with people or the people around you right now. Just kind of discuss these questions and maybe do a little more unpacking with what we've been learning today. All right, first question is this. Why is it so easy to push Jesus to the back of the line 
in our lives? It is really easy, isn't it? Second question, have you ever had to choose between Jesus and other relationships? And then third, what are some practical ways we can schedule our lives around time with Jesus? I really think that's a great question because, you know, we, we've actually got to do the work of going, okay, like, I'm, I'm hearing the concept. I want to schedule my life around Jesus. But, like, how do I actually do that? So I think there's be a great question to discuss and maybe find some best practices on that. And then this next set of questions is really just meant for you to have some personal time in your prayer with the Lord this week. Bring these questions before him. They're, they're intentionally probing personal, private questions. So this is really meant for time between you and the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you as you submit these questions to him this week and consider them. And then, you know, write down your answers or, you know, however you want to do that. Uh, here's the first question. In terms of actual time spent, where is Jesus ranking among your time and relationships? Second question, does your time with Jesus accurately reflect how much you love him? What does it show you about where your heart is? And third question is, what things specifically do you need to move in your priorities and schedule in order to place Jesus first? All right, well, I really encourage you to really dive into those questions, spend some time with the Lord this week on those questions, and just let the Lord, you know, speak to you. You know, I, I think maybe some of the things we've heard today might feel very harsh or really convicting, and that's okay. But it, as much as you may feel that way, I really encourage you to also just let the Holy Spirit comfort you, bring us peace into your life, right? He has come to heal you and restore you and change you, not just to condemn you. Right? So we don't want to walk away with those feelings only. Let the Holy Spirit speak life into you, speak truth into you, and convict you about what needs to change in order to genuinely follow Jesus. You know, if we do these things, if we do these things, we are really going to experience, not just know about or hear about, but we're going to personally experience the presence, the power, and the love of Jesus in our lives. And who doesn't want that? All right, you guys have a wonderful, blessed day. We love you. All right, bye-bye. We are so glad you have joined us today. If you'd like to find out more about Hope Valley Church and what we're all about, just go to www.hopevalley.church. We also invite you to follow us on Facebook at Hope Valley 4SQ. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please take a moment to like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with new videos coming out every week. Hope Valley Church is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church house. Thanks again, and may God bless you today.